Welcome to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap romance novels while giggling, using a critical eye, and sometimes following tenuous logic. Hello, beautiful listener. (laughs) Uh, okay. I poured over my calendar today, and I just, I had to get real with myself. The second half of my May is a touch insane because I'm heading to the West Coast for my brother's wedding, and then two days after I get back, we're moving our whole life to our new house. It's all wonderful stuff, don't get me wrong, but I just could not figure out how to get a new episode out this week while also holding everything else together. And that's even with Nat's amazing abilities. So it's re-release time, and this is actually a treat. Next week, Nat and I will be back with an alien book, which you can certainly look forward to. But today, we're going in the way, way, way back machine to revisit one of Aaron and my favorite episodes, A Shade of Vampire by Bella Forrest. Here we go. All right. Okay. All right, everyone. Erin has had a week. And meanwhile, (laughs) meanwhile, I'm in my the final four days of my son being across the world with his grandparents. And so I've basically had a staycation of a lifetime. I've been drinking with friends. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's I've good. been because I thought you were going to be like, my son is gone. And I was going to be like, poor fucking you. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I definitely have my moments where I like tear up and can't figure my life out. Right. Of course. But yeah, it's also nice to be a human person without him. And actually know what not being tired is like, because I didn't realize just how exhausted I was. And this week I got a haircut and it's almost like a Sydney Waverly haircut, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, it's nice. You know what? I didn't see the end of your hair until you kind of sat up just now. That's Ooh, nice. Yeah, right? And this is after yeah. being slept on. I've still got the the natural mermaid <laughs> wave, even after sleep. Yeah, you do. I'm telling you, it's the best. Yeah, you do. Um, and the haircut, I feel like, really got me through the book we're going to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> So you were reading this thing and you were thinking, I look real good, though. Yeah, I was like, the world isn't terrible. Oh, man. Uh, All right. So we read. Oh, and I also had to ban Aaron from texting me because I wanted the (laughs) podcast to be fresh. Well, here's what happened is I was awake at three in the morning here in Alaska, like the one night I got to spend in Alaska this week, which is saying something in October in Alaska that you're like, please, one night, (laughs) let me spend in this dark, rainy, Uh cold and I couldn't sleep because I was like jet lagged and stressed. It was 3 a.m. in Alaska and it was but it was 7 a.m. in New York City. So I was like, Melody, talk to me about shades of vampires. I think it's a shade of vamp. We read A wait, Shade of Vampire. Let's do this professionally. A Shade of Vampire by God, what it, oh, I know what her name is. It's Bella Forrest. Which is it's not a name. It's not a name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I was like, oh no. <laughs> But the thing is, you chose this one. I'm going to dime you out. But because it's extremely popular, 
and has a lot of great reviews. Yes. And and I also I need to tell you the journey to my choosing this book because Please do. Um, something has happened to me since starting the podcast. I used to get balanced Facebook advertisements, but now all of them seem to be not just romance novels, but like YA romance novels, which I wasn't prepared for because I don't read a lot of YA. So I saw this and it was a, it, I actually, if you recall, I sent it to you as a joke. I screenshotted all of it because I was like, oh my God, look at what Facebook is doing to me. Um, it said it's the Twilight fix. And I was like, oh, you mean there's going to be less stalking and more sex between hot vampires and like young foxy <laughs> ladies? Excellent. That sounds like a great fix. However, it is the opposite. There is not more stalking not. and false imprisonment and lots of... Mm. Physical, physical abuse. abuse is a great way to put it there's some there's some <laughs> assaults of different sorts um and no sex at all well, and, and actually very contrary to my normal wants and needs which i i was so happy which i communicate so unabashedly happy. i have never ever been more thankful that there was no sex in yes. the novel holy balls I not one no, no, it. no. Every time they got even close to each other, I was like, back away, everybody. Ooh, ooh, no, no, get no, no, away no. from him. Yeah, <laughs> it was really bad. Oh, God. But people Listener, like it. if you're out there, if you could only see <laughs> Melody's like back away dance. It had jazz hands. It had shoulders. <laughs> there was a shimmy. It, was, it really was. <laughs> um, oh. Okay. So I did I, this to us and I'm sorry everyone you yeah okay i know that this is going to be one long melody carlisle consent rant oh there so might be sirens I just wee -oo, wee -oo. <laughs> i was like what do you even oh, mean by get that? Ready. <laughs> listener i promise i, I won't do that sirens. no i can't promise i won't do that please don't turn us off <laughs> I was thinking of sirens in like the paranormal romance no, way. And I'm like, you're going to get up on the cliffs and like sing sing me into certain death as a mm -hmm. sailor. Okay. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I just want to get on my soapbox for like just just oh, a already? sec. Okay. Because yeah. This is what this is what upsets me about this. Once one again, we're very different is, people. Right. And I think I think this is just a universally an upsetting book, but I understand that some Adult women will read like some conglomeration of BDSM style, maybe rape fantasy. Fine. Like I'm not I'm not trying to shame anyone's no. like what gets their rocks off in like the comfort of their own home. That's fine. If you want to read a rape fantasy, more power if you to want you to do whatever a rape you want to fantasy. do. We are not here fine. to to be like yes. that at all. No one likes mm. Being abused, no one likes being sexually no. assaulted, of course, but some people like reading about it or acting it out with their and, partners. And Got actually, it. I was just reading, I'm I'm sorry to push you off of your soapbox for a minute. Interrupt my soapbox. I'm sorry. Uh -huh. But I was just reading this really great article with Dan Savage because he's coming out with a, a new podcast called um, Hot Mike, where he talks to people about like their actual sexual preferences or experiences. 
And it was really cool because a lot of times women will write into him and be like, I'm a feminist, but I like to be spanked and called a slut Mm -hmm. and like all the things in bed. And I don't know how to put the two things together. And I very much agree with Dan that like your politics and your sexual preferences do not have to line up as long as it's in a totally safe space where everybody knows what the score is. Like we are not here to shame you for your rape fantasy or your spanking love or your rough sex or whatever you like to do with consenting adults. That, however, is not, not what fucking happens here. So, well, okay. (laughs) So I want to put a period on that. Like I understand that that exists in the world and I understand the reason why sometimes books read this way is for that particular sort of fantasy. But here's my soapbox is why every time I pick up a young adult or teenage romance, is it this shit? Like why every time, why can I not find something for teenage girls or young women that isn't a fucking imprisonment, abusive, like classic cycle of abuse. And the heroine is always a one one prerequisite is non-eating she must never eat so melody is trying so hard not to interrupt me right now she's literally shaking with two hands over her mouth and raising the roof (laughs) (laughs) now she's raising the roof but like why why is it why is it always the young adult books that are like this is is what just upsets me to my core every time is this what we're feeding teenage girls because this is all they're eating? Or is this like just what society is feeding teenage girls? Like, I want to know if it's chicken or egg. Like, is this just all they're reading because that's all we're supplying? Or is this all they're demanding? So this is all people are oh writing. I don't know. I don't know. But it is fucking upsetting because it's one thing to read this as an adult human who has interacted with with romantic partners and has seen some things and has decided on her her boundaries right and it's another thing to read this as a 16 year old wondering what a romantic relationship is supposed to be like this is Mm -hmm. alarming and i uh, between seriously between the um idyllic fantasy that is so prevalent in ya the man only likes the woman because of this mysterious mystical thing that is her and like Like, she has to be special in order for him to give Mm -hmm. her attention. And then just the rampant, abusive nonsense that is then read as normal or the the ideal. Yeah, that that is read as romance. Holy balls. I kind of don't know what to do with myself. Uh Uh, Mm -hmm. So I just... Before we even started, I just wanted to get that out. I want to get that question out there because if you are our one listener and you have the answer to this problem, because I made the mistake of reading some of the reviews for this. So I like halfway through, I was like, this is fucking drivel. I'm going to go look at the Goodreads reviews and see if there's other adult people that think this is stupid. And it was all these teenage girls that were just like, Derek. And I'm like, what? Like, I got so upset. Like. I had to stop reading for the night. It's a oh, it's I was alarming. So upset by the reviews. All right, so 
<laughs> let's let's go through this thing. Um, I'm sure people are really excited to hear us <laughs> talk about this book now. If you like uh, Melody Tirade's TM, <sighs> buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> no, I'll try to control myself. <laughs> Wait, you were saying trademark, but I was thinking Melody Tirade's, that's MT. Like, oh, ha, 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 ha. oh, that's fun. <laughs> um, okay. So what we have here is a is a vampire book. Melody, do you like a vampire? Are you in I am. I am into a vampire. You, do, you like yep. a vampire? I like the danger. I love the the mystique. I love the line that has to be walked between savagery because the one sexual partner is usually food as well as a source of connection and gratification. I like a lot of it. Yeah. I have to tell you, I'll read a vampire book, but I am I, I like a werewolf a lot more than I like a vampire. I like those two. And here's why. Werewolves are warm and oh, vampires are yeah. cold. So I have to forget that part of the lore. I have to yeah. totally forget it because otherwise I don't think that's hot at all. No. Yeah. I don't want to snuggle up to an ice cube mm. like somebody who literally feels like a corpse and like I for some it's kind of like my aversion to historicals like I can't get over that I can't get over the idea of having sex with somebody who's ice yeah cold. I just I just block that out of my brain oh yeah oh maybe then but then even when you get rid of that like you still have like a, a like a pale old man like I don't I don't know I'll read it I just anytime there's like a vampire or a werewolf, I'm always team werewolf. Okay, I hear that. All the right. only thing for me is that you've got a wealth of wisdom and experience, Aaron, mm. in like a 21 mm. year old's body. I mean, what's not cool about that? You know, I am to an age now, and that age is 31, mm. where I no longer am like mm, a 21 year old body. Like I'm like ugh. Like smells like Cool Ranch Doritos. But that's mostly because drinking. they don't have any experience. <laughs> I don't want a twenty-one-year-old brain, but you give me some twenty-one-year-old pecs, <laughs> sure. Gotcha. All right, Cool Ranch Let's Doritos. Going yes. through this. <laughs> the way you want you want them to smell. Like no, 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 no. I just that image no. really it just evoked so much uh, truth and lust uh, no no none none lust no lust. do not misrepresent me like me like that madam okay so we gotta focus we gotta right. focus because we gotta yeah, get through okay. this bullshit so all right so we've got sophia claremont who is our we'll say heroine but that's a pretty loose uh term for her um <laughs> she starts out by telling us what her childhood was like she had a mom who she calls by her first name i don't know why who, when her dad would leave on business trips, would lock her in a closet for days on end, and she would try to, like, claw her way out and injure her hands. To be fair, dad. To be fair, it doesn't really sound like that woman deserved the honorific that is mom. Sure. But I just needed that sentence, because for a while I was like, is this a stepmom? Totally. I was wondering if it was a stepmonster. But no, that was her... Her name is... Camilla Susan and um, then dad eventually is like hey Sophia Camilla's crazy now so she leaves forever and then dad just kind of like slowly leaves forever too I assume that this would be part of the later plot of the book um, the answer to that is it's not it n- literally never comes up again um, well, there are a Ms. 47 <laughs> of these books so I'm sure at some point Ms. Forrest, not her name, does something with this. 
And we should say that we read, or at least I read the 2015 expanded edition. Did you, did you read did the? Too. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know what the expansion was, but I could have probably done without it, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was. Okay. So then uh, Sophia goes and lives with her friend's family, her friend, Ben. Um, and so she has lived with them since she was like, I don't know, eight or something like that. 12. I don't know. And her best friend, Ben is now a sexy football sex star kitten. I don't know. So not kitten. Kitten was the kitten wrong is word. A, a thing that you said. I, I like it. Ben's um, a sexy so, sex kitten. I think, I'm going to do it. But he probably, okay. you know, he, he benches 140 pounds, if not more. Yeah. He's like the guy. All the ladies Is are 140 like, a I don't lot? Know, man. Is that a I don't lot know, to bench? Bro. I feel like that's really low. <laughs> I'm, okay. That's why I put the at least in there, because I'm showing my ignorance. But um, meh, I don't care. 250. Sure. Okay. I mean, he's also a teenage boy. Mm-hmm. But he has a sensitive side as well, of course. Ugh. God. So this thing opens up where she's at a football game. Sophia suffers from a mysterious mental illness. No one can explain that has to do with anxiety and sensory overload. I liked that this they tried to like give us a heroine with some kind of mental illness. Like I like the idea of that. I do too. But Melody is looking like she's going to vomit. And the reason why is it's handled just so because poorly. Because it's ham-handed. That's why. Uh-huh. It's... I love the idea. I love the premise. <clears throat> this is uh, not the way to handle it. She only has it when it's convenient yes. for the book. And she only has it really when it's convenient for yeah. her. Like when it would be really, really, you know, uncool or unsexy to have this she's totally fine. thing going on with her. She's fine. Mm-hmm. And during times in the book where I'm like, are you, why are you not having a panic right. attack right now? She's cool as a cucumber. And then there are any time she needs to be like rescued in a damsel in distress sort of way, all of a sudden she's having a panic attack. And it's also very, very easily like she just snaps right out of it. And she's like, oh, I'm good now. Usually because of a man. Yes. So mm. that. Yeah. Because Ben and his magic whispered words, which really, yeah. as so, soon as those words, as soon as he spoke those words into being, I physically recoiled here's what happens is he's playing football and she starts having a panic attack because there's so much football things going on um streamers are very overwhelming smells yeah and he sees that she's like crouched down having a panic attack in the the middle of a huddle 50 goddamn yards away out of his peripheral vision while wearing a helmet he's like oh sophia needs me ha-cha-cha he is her best friend you're my best friend i don't expect that bullshit from you i can tell when you're sad from over here i can i i sense it i think melody's in trouble in new york city and then i just go about my day that's why you don't get a call i'm sorry makes sense Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) anyway so he runs over to her and he speaks these magic words that every time ben says this to sophia she's like all right, yeah, I'm going to stop having my panic attack right now. And those words are... <sighs> oh, and oh, and by the way, listener, uh, this he came up with this very mature, assholic phrase at 12 years old out of frustration. Yeah. This is how articulate Ben has always been. So go ahead, Aaron. <sighs> I'm going to read the whole thing. Do it. Okay. 
He frowned at me, a look of deep disapproval marring his handsome features. His face, now only a few inches from my own, his blue eyes bored into me. Quote, I know an excuse when I hear one. Don't you dare deceive yourself into believing that you are the victim, Sophia Claremont. Almost as soon as Ben spoke these words, words he had spoken to me many times before, a wave of relief rushed over me. His strong hands gripped my elbows as he pulled me up and sat me back down in my chair. Uh. Quote, you're going to be all right, he said, his voice still firm. And I nodded. <laughs> yep. Obvi. And then she's fine. Here's here's my other, okay. <laughs> everyone. I have a little pet peeve that came out with this. And, and this is why I physically recoiled. Because one of my longstanding pet peeves is the way that we vilify the role of victim while like lifting up the survivor status. And we give people very few mm-hmm. resources to get from victim to survivor status, especially in a culture where we look at therapy as something weak people do. And we look at mental illness at as something that is uh, made up in people's brains. It drives me bonkers when people are like do not play the victim like you know what bitch was locked in closets for a really long time and probably hasn't seen a counselor about it so mayhaps she is still in a place where she's dealing with that nonsense and that doesn't make her weak and it doesn't make her bad and it 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 doesn't make her a goddamn inconvenience like Mm-hmm. And and the fa- disapproval Ooh! with disapproval and the fact in his that eyes that works and she's just like ah Ben mm-hmm. you've spoken the magic abracadabra words and I'm hereby fabulous again she's like fuck everything fuck everything yeah and honestly <laughs> like say say that these words were great words say he thought of something like real good and clever to say to her that really did like snap her out of the thing that wasn't this drivel. Can't she remember it? Like, he's been saying it to her, like, on the daily since she's, like, 17. Like, she really needs him to, like, drop his football and, like, run off the field to whisper it to her. Like, it made no sense to me. And then also, like, say, okay, fine, if this is going to be the plot. But I'm sorry, this is just a direct criticism of the writing. You couldn't think of anything less clunky than, I know an excuse when I hear one. Don't you dare deceive yourself into believing that you're the victim. This was authored by a 12-year-old. Part of my problem with this Like, he said it as a 12-year-old. Yeah, but Bella fucking Swan, what is her name? Forrest. Bella Forrest is, I don't know, also a 12-year-old, maybe. I'm sorry, Bella, if you're out there. We know you tried to write. I'm sorry. And you know what? We haven't (laughs) read the rest of the 47, and I I have not attempted to write a a novel of any sort. So we commend you for trying your efforts. (laughs) But yeah, it was just so clunky, and there was... Her inner monologue was very, like, weird for a 17-year-old girl. I thought, like, I remember at the beginning reading a sentence that was, that I remember, that was, um, football was never my most favorite of games. Yeah. And I'm like, she's 17. It's like, just say football football wasn't, I don't like football. Mm -hmm. Football wasn't my fave. Sure. Like, it's not hard. Just write a sentence that doesn't have six ofs in it. I'm sorry. It is hard. It is hard to do. I apologize. And this is a debut novel, so we don't know how she has evolved as a writer. This could be literally... A 16-year-old girl. I don't know. I don't know. So I don't be an asshole. Oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. 
For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. All right, we got it. We got to start moving. So football game is over. Then they go on vacay. Then they go on vacay to Cancun. Sophia has a plan that when they're in Cancun, she's finally going to tell Ben she loves him forever, which is a difficult thing because she's grown up with Ben in her household. She will continue to have Ben in her household. So if this doesn't work out and it's weird, it's going to blow up in her face, you know which was believable and fine. Yeah, and also if it does work out, it's going to be fucking weird. So yeah. I mean, she's in a weird position here that I believed and understood. And I like that she's still um, going to do it. Yeah. She's not just going to stew in her, her personal misery. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's her birthday when they're in Cancun. So she's decided, oh, no, she doesn't tell him on her birthday. So she's going to tell him like the first night or whatever. First night in Cancun. Guess what? She can't eat. She can't do it. She gets the smallest thing on the menu because she's so excited about Cancun and she's so nervous. This happens every time. This woman literally, she, I counted how many times she ate during the months of this book. And the answer was once. I know that she made pancakes, but I do not know if she ate them. Well, and the girls made breakfast at some point. All of the hostages. That was was the pancakes. Oh, was that it? I thought. There was another. Well, no. And she cooked with him by themselves, too. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. But you know what she had? Mm. Dry toast. Fuck. Okay. Can I just say, and I I know there, if you want to write in and tell us that you, your appetite dies when you're nervous or whatever. I have never in my life been averse to food for any emotional reason. (laughs) If anything, I swing the other direction. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had a friend who I work with. I have a pretty stressful job. And he um, would go home and he would be like, I've been going home and drinking like five beers after work every day. Do you think that's, you know, in like, do you want to go have a beer? Like he would, he would constantly be like, oh, I can't wait to get a beer. And I was just never like that. And he was like, what's your problem? Like that you don't want to go home and have a beer. Like, what is your problem? Like, I want to go home and have a cake. Yes. That is my problem. Yep. Like, I want to go home and eat an entire jar of Nutella with a spoon. That's that's my vice. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Um. So she's on the beach. She's going to do a long walk on the beach and tell him that she loves him. It's going pretty well. She's about halfway through her speech and Ben's ex-girlfriend, some blonde She does the Baywatch run up to them. Yeah. Ben, she says, look at my titties bounce. Ben. (laughs) She's literally wearing a bikini. Happens to be in Cancun with her parents. And she's like, oh my God, Ben, you're in Cancun too. Do you want to go on a trip with us for like three days? And he's like, Sophia, I'm going to let you finish. No, he doesn't even let No, he's like, can I peace out? 
I'm going to go. Yeah, he's just like, zoom, <laughs> and goes with this other girl for three days to hook up on her scuba trip. Meanwhile, it's going to be Sophia's birthday, so she has to spend her birthday with, like, the rest of Ben's family. No Ben. She's very upset. So she goes to bed on the night of her birthday. Very sad. This is quibbling, honestly, about logistics. Oh, boy. <laughs> When she gets up, so she goes to sleep. It chronicles the night of her, like, waking up, you know, going back to sleep, tossing and turning, that kind of thing. Like, we, she talks about having bad dreams or whatever. And then she wakes up to, like, Ben whispering in her ear and being like, I'm so sorry I missed your birthday. I completely forgot. I came home as soon as I realized. And she's, like, pissed. And she gets, and she throws the covers off, and she gets out of bed, and she walks to the oh, balcony. Oh, I'm sorry. And then Are the line you is. worried about. The fact that she's wearing her bathing suit in bed. She went to sleep in her bikini. (laughs) I'm glad you're worried about this too. There's just a sentence that goes, I was still in my bikini. And I'm like, from what? From sleeping? Because she went to bed at like 10 p.m. It's not like she was, this was a planned bedtime as far as I know. She didn't like fall asleep out of nowhere in the book. Well, and let's all recall how pervasive sand can become in your mucous membrane uh-huh. parts it's uncomfy Let's talk about having a because she she alludes to the fact that it was wet at one time because she's oh. like dry now oh. and i'm like you went to bed in a wet bikini <laughs> have you heard of yeast infections you 17 year old idiot like has have you i'm sorry camilla i was gonna say did your mother not teach you about yeast camilla infections but you know what camilla probably no. didn't and this is tragedy. this is another symptom of her abuse <laughs> I shouldn't be making fun of her. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> yeah. And then later in the book, at some point, somebody gives her a pair of jeans, which. Mm. And she was like, as if I would sleep in jeans anyway. And I'm like, bitch, you sleep in bikinis? Like, I have I have no gauge for what you sleep in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So she like Ben's like please he's like pleading with her like uh, be my friend she's like so upset she goes running down the beach as fast as she can she runs for miles because she's a you know skinny athlete she <laughs> says with derision yeah I I don't know I just can we get somebody with a little meat on their bones in a young adult novel that's all I want but anyway so she encounters a sexy vampire on the beach who's beautiful and cheekbones and eyes and all of that but also makes her whole skin crawl well because he's a strange man on the beach and he's all like what's your name and you know all that kind of stuff and she's like i don't like you i'm gonna run the other direction i don't want to tell you my name and then he puts i believe a needle into her neck yeah so he sees oh because let's review not only has she gone to bed in a bikini but she's also gone to bed with a badge pinned on said bikini that says like happy 17th it's like a it's like a birthday girl pin yeah i forgot about that that he looks down at knowingly and he's like "Mm, you're Mm -hmm. the perfect morsel and he sedates her and then she wakes up in a dungeon and a a literal dungeon yeah she's chained to a wall with some cuffs and stuff and she wakes up and that vampire eventually materializes and he does some abuse on her, pins her against a wall, licks her neck, grabs her boobs, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. She's still in the bikini. Hot. It's cold. It's not hot. And I was just like, if this is our fucking hero, I right? swear to God, I, I swear to table. God, 
I will. Yeah, because he's just like straight up like sexually assaulting her. I mean, with boob grabs, but you know, that's still, I that's don't all want you guys that, to think. Oh, I know. Believe me, I know. I, know. I just didn't want anyone to think it was like a full on situation. Has a hard job. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, Melody, do not tell me what the definition I, of sexual assault is. Anyway, sorry, I've had a hard week. Um, so he throws her up against a wall. I think she hits her head pretty hard. Like it's bad. And fortunately he's not our hero. He is the brother of our hero. He is our villain. He's all like, if you can pin one villain down. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is like, I was so relieved to find out he wasn't our hero. And then I was like, our hero is really not really better. But anyway, he's like, you know, I want her for myself. I want her for my harem because she's so lovely. And then a female because vampire materializes. there's something about her. Something oh, right. that yeah, you she can't nail super down. Good. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. She she smells super good, which the things that are just ripped out of Twilight or ripped out of the Southern Vampire Mysteries, you know, the Sookie Stackhouse True Blood novels is. Her blood smells great. Anyway, so the sister materializes. They have a conversation about how this particular girl, Sophia, is here for Derek. He is not. She is not here for Lucas. And then they have this exchange that's like Vivian, who's the female vampire, who we find out they're all. Vivian's like, this is for Derek when he wakes up. And Lucas is like, he's never going to wake up. He's never going to wake up. Why do you even say that? And then, like, there's no complications with him waking. Like, I don't understand yeah. why they have this conversation. So then, uh, so she is, has knowledge now that she's part of a harem for a vampire named Derek. They drag her out to a spa, I believe well, is what happens next. They a go lot of- by a bunch of uh, more dungeons to pick out the ripest fruit from the slaves that are cowering in the corner. So they pick out the most beautiful young girls who are like 17 with flowing locks and hips for days and all the things. And um, then they take Mm -hmm. them to a spa where other humans prep them um, to join a meat tray. (sighs) I don't know. (laughs) To become part of Derek's So they go to the spa. Okay, what they say happens at this spa is they get baths, they get massages, they get pedicures, they get facials, and then they get evening. Yep. Atop sexy lingerie. The only things you actually need to do are hair and makeup here. So I don't know why they give them a... totally well and um it also goes completely counter to the philosophy behind how to treat humans and what humans are for i don't understand why you Mm -hmm. give them the pampering massage when all you need them to do is look good and taste good that doesn't make any sense like you're not special you're still food and slave so this part didn't make any sense to me right i agree So they put her in some kind of like silky evening gown. She's like, oh, I look really sexy, which is not the thought that you're supposed to have when you're 
I don't know. I guess if I looked really sexy, I would notice too. But I mean, mostly fear that you're about to be devoured by a vampire. In her defense, she is still trembling throughout and not Mm -hmm. in a nice way. No. And in her defense, she is 17. So (laughs) she probably has to really take notice every time she looks good. So she and her Um, mermaid hair and the rest of the ladies go into this crypt of a vampire who we learn has been sleeping for 400 years. I don't remember years. what it's called. There's all It's these... a sanctuary, I think. Right. Sanctuary. There's all these things that are named like the catacombs, the sanctuary. Like every place here has like a name that I just refuse to. I was going to write them all down and then I was like, no, it's 4 a.m. Um, I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, guys, when we record this thing, it's like four in the fucking oh, yeah. morning in Alaska. I want everyone to know how dedicated Aaron is to this and you and us and our endeavor because the past two weeks it's been four and five in the morning that she has woken her ass up in Alaska and then been charming. And it is like, you know, it, the darkness has descended in Alaska. So I'm like looking outside at the pitch dark and I'm just like, it's not, the sun's not going to come up for another three hours here. Much anyway, like okay. where she is, the shade. The shade. Because so that's where she's been taken. Spoiler yeah. alert is the shade. We learn that it's this which is why this is called vampire refuge. The shade where a, of vampire. A witch long ago banished the sun from shining, and it is eternal night. And oh, we're about to get to that witch. Well, no, we're about to get to the witch's descendant, bruh. Right. So. <laughs> Okay, so then we switch point of views. This is a point of view book where it, we're switching to, it's written in the first person from Sophia's point of view, and then it switches to Derek Novak's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Novak is our sexy hero vampire. Still not convinced, but okay. Yep. Yeah, For all intents and purposes, I, sexy hero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's 400 years old. He says he was turned in like the, I guess, early 17th century. So it's 1615. Yeah, 15 or And his name is Derek. Like we're really going to think that really. And I was like typing. I was so mad. I was like, <laughs> just a farmer in 1615 or 15, whatever, named his kid fucking Derek. Like we're supposed to believe that. And then Melody, <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> About the name Derek, saying that it originated in the name Dodrick. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. And she's like, they're probably just updating it for the times. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I was throwing a bitch a bone, okay? Bella Forrest so... needs all the credibility she can get, okay? <laughs> I was so she was so tired mad at and me, angry guys. that she Ooh. shut me down. <laughs> I, was, I just went. She, she goes, I was like, oh, fuck off. And I heard it. I heard it just like that. I read it and I was like, you should go to bed. I was like, fuck off. This author just likes the name Derek for some it's kind so of true. reason. No, you're right. And then, and then Melody was like, but this is probably why it got past the editors. And I was like, fuck you editors. Like this book didn't have fucking editors, I, which it probably did. I just like to think that it didn't. Totally. Um, all right. So Derek Novak. And also I went to. Um, when I did my basic training for the army, I went, I was sat next, I'm, since my last name is McCarthy, I sat next to a Novak who's fine. There's nothing wrong with Novak. I like Novak, but like, 
it's just that's anyway. true um okay so so we're we're in the sanctuary okay. she gets marched in with the rest we're of in the, the sanctuary. in their evening gowns right. and, and sexiness and they wake Derek yeah. with no problem and he's a little bit befuddled and he's like who are you witch you're not Cora go get me Cora and she's like oh yeah that was part of it to me is like he's 400 but he wait he his his first person narrative is like sup yo like it's the same as hers and uh, hers is a little weird for her age but his is real weird for his age like he's using all kinds of words that weren't around when he went Mm -hmm. to sleep and also riddle me this mel why did he go to sleep for 400 years and his brother and sister didn't because he's still overwhelmed because he unlike every other vampire there is an emotional vampire with a conscience and he can't deal with the savagery of his kind and so he escaped into dreamland okay all right okay fine why are they waking him up now because vivian we kind of sort of learn later has premonitions very akin to that sister in twilight that's it she had a premonition that he ought to wake up today yeah, because I, the hunters are strong there's a faction of humans who are hunters oh, yeah there's some vampire hunters yeah. after everyone and they're learning where the shade is and it's uh black sure Okay, this brings me to another. Um, this is this is grammar time with Aaron. Mm. Hello, good morning. Um, <laughs> Welcome. This is the first time the author uses Lucas in the possessive. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> the look on your face. And she makes Lucas the name Lucas possessive by saying L U C A S apostrophe, mm. which is wrong. If you're listening to this, that is wrong. Get ye a strunk and white that is not <laughs> that is not correct if you have a name. And actually, the example I remember because I have an illustrated elements of style book that they the example they use is Jesus's and they spell it J-E-S-U-S apostrophe S. If you have a name that ends in S, you don't make it a plural possessive. You just add another apostrophe S like you would any other name, Bella slash quote-unquote editors <laughs> anyway all right. Aaron's out. she does that throughout <laughs> mic drop um okay so sorry that i had to take 20 seconds of your time for that all right so they line up these slave girls this harem in front of Derek. they explain to him that what they do now here in the shade is they go and capture humans from Earth. Earth. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> is the shade on Earth? Like, is it, what is it? Is it a regular island that is obscured Wonder Woman style? Well, because like, witches, remember? <laughs> right, I know. But like, anyway, so they get they get humans from human world and then they bring them back and then the youngest and most loveliest they make into harem girls and then when they turn 18, which implies to me that all of them are under 18. Oh, yes. When they turn 18, their blood sweetens. I don't know. I assume because of American consent laws, their <laughs> blood sweetens. Mm. And um, then the owner of those particular slave harem girls get one year to decide whether they're going to murder them or keep them forever. No, it's, Is that it's right? 17 to 18. You have to keep them and you can do with them what you will. You can fuck them against their, against their will. You can torture them. You can, you know, they're yours. Sure. Like, sure. like you know, regular they are slaves. Yours. Just, you know, run of the mill. Uh-huh. 
slaves. <gasps> but then um, when they're 18, then you then you can truly do with them what you oh, want. So, you can suck them dry okay, so and 18, it's no problem. Right. Because their blood sweetens. I guess. Because why I not? I didn't really get this part. Just, I just sort of skipped these, over it. These rules just, are so arbitrary. Like if you're just going to have slaves and do whatever you want with them and chain them up in the dungeons, like why do they make up arbitrary rules for themselves? It makes no sense. You have a limitless supply of 17-year-old girls in Cancun. No, because society why? and social contract, Aaron, that's why. <sighs> when you make your own society, you put in arbitrary rules and then you make people follow them. She's a lamb and he's a lion. She's a lamb for the slaughter because why not? In case you're wondering, there's also a lot of chess metaphors because of because of course like because i just feel like this was fan fiction yeah yeah um oh oh um burr. yes no i forgot go ahead okay <laughs> don't cut that i want your face is so cute they can't see my face all right, Aaron. Okay. all right so yeah but don't cut it because if they could <laughs> all right keep moving let's keep moving okay so he wakes up, he's very hungry, and he had a problem, apparently, with being too hungry and just tearing women I to remember shreds. this, too. Uh, this is what I was about to say, because this oh. is pulled straight from Vampire Diaries with uh, What's-His-Nuts. Oh. oh, I don't know Vampire oh, Diaries. Bro. So I highlighted all the things that were pulled straight from either Twilight or Sookie. But yeah, so him being like a savage beast is pulled straight from Vampire Diaries, because in Vampire Diaries, what the hell is his name? I think it starts with an S. Stefan, I don't know. He that sounds sexy. Mm, yeah, not really for a minute. He's also the vampire with a conscience. He's the one who mm. first starts dating the tall one who's now in movies. Uh Nina Dobrev. I see. Hey, FYI, she's really fun on Instagram. Okay, keep moving. Hmm. So he sees all these trembling, scared girls. I think there are eight of them. They're all 17 and they're all really, really scared. And he sees Sophia not having a panic attack, cool as a cucumber. Totally in it to win it. She's just totally sitting fine. there yeah. with all of her She's faculties. She's good to go. Knowing that he's about to eat them. And she takes the hand of another girl. To and comfort for some the reason, other girl. Because once again, she has the wherewithal not only to be worried about her own sensory issues, but also right. the, the care and comfort of someone standing next to her. Okay. Which is is a nice gesture. Fine. But if you're going to if you're gonna write a character where she's just like this anxiety ridden, unable to function sometimes because of anxiety and, and we're gonna put her in this situation and she's the one that's like, Calm down, Gwen. Right. Which is the girl's name. So anyway, so this makes him fall in love with her because she's so sweet. And so because he's fallen in love with her for being so sweet, he attacks her and pins her up against a marble pillar, slams her head into the wall, and nearly eats her. And Sophia... But don't worry, Ben inadvertently saves the day again. Ben? Sophia, while Derek is about to eat her neck... While in excruciating pain because she has near spinal fractures... Remember, yeah, oh, and she has like oh, a head wound. The other thing that doesn't make any fucking sense is that they they say later that because he's been sleeping this whole time, he has absorbed yeah. the strength of the magics of the shades, and he's 
really the strongest vampire on earth. Meanwhile, he doesn't A, know that his strength has changed. B, he's like a goddamn St. Bernard puppy. He doesn't, he just woke up. He's not sure. And yet he didn't outright demolish her mortal form. Go fuck yourself. No. Well, he he almost demolished her mortal form, but then he didn't because mm. Sophia whispers into his ears those clunky, clunky fucking words that Ben <laughs> said to her one day about don't about de- dare to de- deceive yourself that you're a victim. And Derek's like, I am a victim. You're right. And I shouldn't deceive myself. It was so stupid. It was so stupid. So then now he's done. And now he wants he, to be he, monogamous with only her. And yeah, now all of a sudden he's no longer hungry. No longer which hungry. If I can imagine Melody, you not eating for four hundred years and waking Girl. up. Girl, <laughs> don't imagine that. That is one of the scariest sentences you've ever said out loud. I know, and I would imagine you less tame than this guy. Like I would imagine. You. I'm sorry if I don't eat for six hours. I'm less tame than this motherfucker. Ugh listener melody is one of the sweetest people i've ever met but if you don't feed her like a gremlin for like three hours she becomes the meanest person you've ever met like just just like personal attacks baseless accusations the anger is real like the worst thing you've ever thought about yourself melody will say to you in those moments because i'm also Um, rather intuitive so it's right. a dangerous combination. <laughs> right. Things about your childhood will just get gleaned by Melody and she'll bring them out. It's horrible. But Derek so, is great. Derek is a superhero Derek's of fine. anger and brightness. So they begin to... So she... He wants her. He says, I want this one to be my personal slave. The sexiest words ever uttered. And then he says, do with the others what you will. Which is ridiculous to me because if he's if he's so turned on by her taking the hand of another one and that's the thing that he's gonna be like oh i love her because of that then he's just like yeah i want this one because she cares about the others uh so make her my personal slave do whatever with the others lucas fucking whatever you want my brother who i know very well the predator yeah he just has no give a shit for these other girls but he loves sophia because she has so much give a shit for these other girls it makes no Mm -hmm. sense um so they begin to walk and she's walking behind him as his personal slave the others disappear into the night and then he's like you know what walk beside me (gasps) and i don't and then he takes her hand from my rib it's so recent after he's just like caused this head wound and like i don't know and she's and meanwhile like, she still she's like, smells like the tastiest morsel he's ever experienced in his whole life he can't he doesn't he smell that eaten. anymore <laughs> melody like he doesn't he <sighs> loves her okay so then they start showing him what they've done in the done with the shade and they've realized all of his dreams because Derek has been the leader even while uh in sleepy town and they take him to their personal penthouses where the elite live and they are the kings of the elite and it's the best and they're they live in tree houses that are vampire kingdoms with um full I don't care and Derek (laughs) But <laughs> can I can I say another logistical mm-hmm, issue? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A witch has obscured this island from human the human world. A witch has banished the sun from this island. A witch has apparently helped in the creation of all of these 
structures and putting things into trees and all of this kind of stuff. And during this conversation, Derek says to Vivian, what's the, uh, what's the wild animal problem like? And Vivian's like, yeah, it's it's really still an issue. Like, <laughs> we really can't get rid of those wild animals. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's something that actual cavemen yeah. got done. So I don't know why. I am sitting in a house in Alaska, having banished the wild animals. I regularly see mooses and bears outside my window. And you know what? I'm good. Mm. It's okay. But for some reason, Corinne the witch is just like, fuck wolves. Like, uh, I, don't know what to, I don't know what to do about that. Those pesky goddamn bears. I don't know. Unless that's maybe a, like, maybe a... Maybe they're mystical wild animals. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe she's really talking about, like, a werewolf problem that we don't find out about until book 45. Mm. I don't know. But I thought that was really weird. Hey, HBs. I started an Etsy store. Did you know? Right now, it's full of all the St. Vincent items you need. Because St. Vincent is thoughtful and cozy all year round. We've got a book sleeve to keep your books, planners, e-readers, or really anything else safe when you're on the go. The inside is fuzzy, and they feel so incredibly lush in your hands. I went round and round with the manufacturers to make sure I had just the right thickness. Those feature art of St. Vincent and Evie during their carriage adventure that was painted by the amazing Mayara Faraz on one side, and then I created a St. Vincent would always wreath on the other side that has a bunch of little Easter egg items in it. There's a St. Vincent would always warm brick enamel pin. It's like, you know, if you know, you know. I designed a special edition marriage of convenience candle that is specific to Devil in Winter with the help of HB Jen at Post Pouring Company. It combines dark amber for St. Vincent and rosewood for Evie. And it smells so delicious. It's hard to even wrap my brain around. So if you want to treat yourself, or be the St. Vincent you want to see in the world by getting a care package for a friend, check out our Etsy store. The link is in the show notes. Okay, so they're in the tree houses Derek wants Sophia to sleep in her own room. All the others, I don't know where they are. The room right beside his. That'll become important later. So he throws her in there and she plans an escape. She looks through all the drawers. The drawers are just full of sexy. So she's in the evening gown. So she wants to change. Drawers are just full of sexy lingerie. Mm -hmm. They have nothing in there but sexy lingerie. And little dresses. Little sundresses. Yeah. Except for one hoodie, which is, again, never explained. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's one hoodie. (laughs) And she's like, this seems really out of place. Anyway, I'll put it on. (laughs) Puts on the hoodie. Rips off her skirt, uh, so she has a shorter skirt. Uh, she's in a treehouse that's, uh, you know, thousands of miles in the air. <laughs> jumps out a window, climbs down a thing, finds an elevator, goes down the elevator. He doesn't lock her into this room, which is kind of crazy to me, but whatever. It's else? also crazy um, to her. Yeah, she does notice that. So then she, she starts then, running like, for runs hours. Through the, yeah, for hours Apparently through the brambles. Hours. This not track no, he, athlete has been. You're surprised running, but she's so thin. Four hours. She's so thin though. Ugh. So then she comes into contact with these two guards, and they're like, mm, "You smell delicious. I'm going to eat you." And she's like, "No." Well, no. she hits a wall. 
Yeah, so like the right. shade is encased in a huge wall on an island. So there's no getting off this place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, these guards are going to eat um, her and they're like, oh, you smell good because your blood's all over your legs because of all the brambles. But don't and worry, then Derek, Derek shows up. And instead of being overpowered by the scent of her flowing blood, he mm-hmm. musters the willpower to murdelate the guards and bring him Does home. Does he like, like bring her he, home? He like really fiercely murders one of these yeah, guards. Yeah, so claws I don't come out of his he, like, humanoid uh, oh, yeah, fingers. Yeah, he has Wolverine claws. And he pulls out all vampires do. They look like humans, and then all of a sudden, shink. Their claws come what? out. Yeah, man. That's not a no, thing. No, that's a thing, no. bro. That's not a thing. Well, maybe I was wolverining in my brain, but that's how I imagined it. So then he pulls out his oh. beating heart, and then like, he leaves the other guard to tell the story because Bella, oh, right, Fo- nope, right. Sophia is going to be protected at all costs, even at the cost of vampire life, everyone. Okay, I want to be clear. So... The the claws thing exists in this book, these vampires. Yes. But you've never seen that anywhere oh. else, though, right? Like, that's what I was trying to say. This is not a thing. Actually, there's a really, really good comic. It's called American Vampire, and it is huh. so good. I would highly recommend it. It's written by the guy who wrote one of the most famous uh, Batman series, but it's an indie comic about these vampires, and it goes through different timelines. It's fucking good. And part of the lore in that comic is that they tot- like vampires look like humans, and then they totally change form when they're about to attack Mm. so it's really cool highly recommend um i'll put a link up to it they have claws including gigormous claws (laughs) and and their faces get all fucked up because they like they almost get jokery with their with their teeth and their fangs and they start looming in really really (laughs) crazy ways I just did another dance. God, like, sometimes I wish this was a video podcast, but just on your side, like because I don't want anyone to see what I look like right now besides you. But God, that was good. Anyway, American Vampire, hilarious. highly recommend. Okay. Oh, and Stephen King was a writer on it. Like insanely pants. They're the talent on the. Okay, really? we can't. We have to talk about this terrible book, Aaron. Don't distract yeah. me. <laughs> so. So he murders the guard. She's all covered in blood. He doesn't give a shit that she's covered in blood, even though he still hasn't eaten, right? Not to my knowledge. He may have had a glass of blood, perhaps. You know what I like? Mm. So in the Southern vampire romance books, I don't know. My whole whole brain is at 5 a.m. Yeah, Sookie Stackhouse books, which are not the most consenty books in the world. But at least when Bill or Eric is like is hungered and Sookie is bleeding, they lick all the blood off of her in like a real gross way. Yeah. Every time Sookie is injured, Bill's like, do you mind if I lap that up? <laughs> like every single time. And all I could think was she's just walking through the forest and he's, he doesn't give a shit. Like, especially least, since you know, magic saliva, that blood. Cause that's it. That's right. in this lore too, is that their, their saliva heals. Well, no, he makes her brush off with leaves or something. I don't remember, but he yeah. doesn't, be, but only because like, she would be prey to every other vampire in the vicinity and not the 400 year old vampire who's specifically attuned to her blood and hasn't eaten much right. since he awoke okay ms forest right so the next morning she figures out that the sun doesn't rise here right fine back. he teaches her self-defense teaches her how to wield a stake which seems pretty self-explanatory to me but she's dumb so he has to really teach her which is like a trust thing. And, and it, it I don't gives know. gives her the opportunity to see his rippling muscles without oh, a shirt. Right. <laughs> right. And 
and she's because right, he has to show her very exactly that. where you stab mm-hmm. it and, and like, she couldn't exactly where to put this and thing. it wouldn't make more sense to do that with a shirt on because probably the next vampire she encountered would have a shirt on <laughs> that's true if she that were true. wielding I didn't a stake think about that it would be it would make more sense if she wasn't like I should go six inches down from his supple nipple and instead <laughs> you're welcome and instead had to figure her shit out like on a torso with a shirt on anyway um it would also make more sense if he had a lady vampire there so that he could show where to hit a lady vampire if he was so worried about the logistics of the bullshit but no the author just yeah. wanted him to be shirtless in front of her and for her to see his rippling muscles and for her to start getting tingles in her bathing suit parts that are very inappropriate and very yeah. Stockholm syndrome This guy was never, like in some of these kinds of novels, like at least he's described in a way sometimes that I'm like, oh, that's sexy. Yeah. I never even thought he was hot. Totally. Anyway, so they do that. She's like, hey, um, maybe you should teach the other girls self-defense too so that you know they can defend themselves against vampires and he's like those bags of trash why would i do that yeah (laughs) but he's also like oh sophia my sweet sophia like always caring about the other girls i love her so much for that but But also off sophia because (laughs) so then at some point uh, does gwen start crying through a wall is that where we are Yeah, I think so. Okay, so a lot of things kind of happen in conglomeration here that I'm not really sure what happens first or second. Gwen's crying through a wall. She hears her. He hears Gwen crying through the wall, too, but he doesn't give a fuck. So she goes and knocks on his door and gets and asks if Gwen can sleep in her room with her. He's like, oh, Sophia, so sweet. But I heard Gwen crying, too, and, like, I didn't give a shit. But, oh, Sophia... So he, like, gets, you know, and Gwen's, like, freaking out, which, of course, she is. Because Gwen is the only relatable goddamn character in this book. I, too, would be having some breakdowns, especially if I had sensory issues. But, okay, once again, Sophia's anxiety doesn't pop up at all. Sophia is good to go. So she comforts Gwen. They hold each other. It's actually really, really sweet. Mm -hmm. And then they make breakfast together, and it's almost like two gals just hanging out. Yeah, they make pancakes. I, it's still not confirmed whether or not Sophia eats those Probably pancakes. Probably not, because you have to keep that physique with a certain amount of caloric intake. Right. Also around this time, we go to Derek's point of view, and uh, Vivian has gifted him an unconscious woman to kill, and he's like, yep. good to go. Yep. He, he goes ahead and does that. Well, she is a hunter. Because she was a hunter of vampires. But he used to be a hunter of vampires before he got turned into a vampire. So fuck you, Derek. Mm -hmm. Oh, because his mother was killed by vampires. Yeah. The backstory here is his mother was murdered by vampires. So him and his brother, Lucas, and probably not Vivian, but I don't know, became vampire hunters for a while. Was Lucas involved or was he just raping women with a flourish? I don't know. It doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) Then their dad comes back one day and turns all of them in her. Their dad's suddenly a vampire and he turns them all into vampires. Their dad's, I think, evil, but he's absent from this book. Uh, So somewhere in here, she teaches him how to use a smartphone, which is supposed to be sweet. She teaches him how to use a television. They watch The Godfather, which, okay. Oh, don't worry, guys. She tries to use the phone to call one number and one number only before she educates him. And I still don't know if it's um, a problem because witches or because (laughs) (laughs) because Ben is out of commission. 
I still don't know right. because she tries to call Ben. She doesn't call 911. She doesn't yeah. Google the number of the FBI. She doesn't do any of that. She calls. Well, she says ben. that there's no apps to do any Googling. It's like it's a phone that doesn't have a brand on it. No, it's just a very generic because smartphone and there's no apps on it. Everything. Because of witches. So during the smartphone thing, he's like, oh, what is this contraption? And I just, you've been asleep for 400 years. <laughs> A lot has happened since the 17th century. You're telling me you go to sleep in 1615 or whatever. You wake up in 2015 and you're not like, what's underwear? Why are these women dressed this way? What He goes up to the refrigerator. He says, this must be a cooling machine. I'm sorry, Derek. What's a machine? Yep. What is it? It's Because I, I'm pretty sure a wheel and an axle is the only one you know about. <laughs> I... Sorry. Yeah, what's this what's this mystical box that is the TV? He's fine with that. He's just like, "Oh, DVDs? Yeah, I'll put them in here. I'm just going to put yeah, them in upside down because I'm yeah. so hokey and cute." Oh, Darren, yeah. Sophia yeah. says. And she's like, "I'm on a date with a vampire. It's weird, but I like it." And the girls <laughs> hover over her for a minute, but then they're like, "You know what? He hasn't eaten her yet. I guess she's cool." And they just mm-hmm. fuck off to another part of the tree penthouse. Yeah. Um she around this time also asks for she asks Vivian if she can have a room that she can decorate herself, which ends up being a sunroom because apparently she's a secret world class muralist. Well, no, <laughs> no, not because not because Sophia Claremont is secretly an artist. It's because Bella Forrest, not her name, watched season whatever of True Blood, the television show. <gasps> When You're right. in 2015, when Queen Sophie, which is also the name of the person in the, the book, has the, the day, day room. room, which I don't, I don't remember from the book, but it may, it's been so long since I've read those Same. that may have existed in the book as well. But either way, but this was a, I don't a complete description of the show. Yes, and not to mention the fact that that's exactly what I thought of when they took her down to the spa. It was the day uh-huh. room. Yep. Yep. It was the, it yep. was Queen Sophie's day room. Okay. It just didn't have the fucking Yahtzee board. Okay. <laughs> right. That everything else it had. Mm-hmm. And also around this time, a guard tells uh, uh, Sophia, Sophie, Sophia. Now you're not sure. <laughs> now I'm not sure because we talked about Queen Sophie. Mm-hmm. It was one of my favorite characters. Mine too. We need to read those sometime too. Um Mm-hmm. tell Sophia what how important Derek is and that he's like the king of everything and he's the most powerful vampire in the world and instead of being like fuck I'm being held captive by the king who is the most powerful like oh no I'm never getting out of here which would have been my reaction she's like he is oh like and he likes me <laughs> I feel <laughs> and so like I'm the one special. who's like this, his personal slave this special oh, my man God. Oh my god. Wants to only <laughs> slave with me? Ooh. <laughs> All right. Oh. So, oh and PS, she doesn't create this goddamn sunroom because she misses the sun. She creates this goddamn no, 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 sunroom no. because Derek says he misses the sun. I cannot yep. and I will not. I can't and I won't. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay, so, so then throughout all of this, P.S., Derek has been subtly watching Lucas, not so subtly, terrorize Sophia on the mm-hmm. daily. He has, yeah. he admits through his perspective that he notices Lucas going up to her and being like, you're a tasty morsel and I'm going to fuck you and then I'm going to eat you. And he's just like, that seems cool. And then Lucas will walk by again and be like, remember that time that I almost raped you? Don't worry. <laughs> it's going to happen. And Derek's like, 
Wow, Sophia, when she is terrified, she gets a really glow cute. in her cheeks. Yeah, she's she's beautiful. And he's totally cool with this because he can't say anything because this monster is his brother. And like family goes before law and yeah, family first, family first. And any kind of of goodness in this world. Oh. Yeah, which brings me to Gwen. So oh, that's right. One, Poor Gwen. One night, Gwen gets refrigerated. Um, <laughs> so one one night. Oh, I'm sorry. That was a comic term from from an an Arrow storyline a long time ago. Where <laughs> where. Please explain. I know. It. In order for, I think it was Arrow. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. I'm pretty sure it was. In order to give the male character some depth like the story is a a villain murders his girlfriend and shoves her into a refrigerator for the hero to find and so it's become this term in the in the comic lexicon like in a don't treat ladies like that it's like stop it women Mm -hmm. are people and not objects to give uh heroes some backstory you know what i mean so poor gwen Mm -hmm. she gets refrigerated (laughs) By Lucas. <laughs> so Derek hears. No, Derek noise? doesn't hear anything. Derek okay, goes in to check maybe he on. He just goes in to say good morning mm-hmm. to Sophia. And he finds her all cowering in the corner. Covered having, in blood. Now she's having some kind of panic. Yeah, yeah, she's covered in blood. She's freaking out. He goes into the bathroom, finds uh, Gwen sucked dry in the bathtub. He takes Sophia and runs her to uh, Corinne, Corinne, Cora, Corinne. Corinne. The, the witch. witch who is also she has a psychology background no. everyone don't worry yeah. <laughs> she has a partial ba uh in psych so <laughs> she's ready wait. for the intake Let's session She's ready to diagnose what no other medical professional has been able to diagnose yet. Because witches. <laughs> no, not even because witches. I wish it was because witches, but no, it's because BA in psychology. Um, okay. I'm sorry, partial Which, BA, because let's recall, Corinne yeah, was also... She didn't graduate. She was also kidnapped. Uh, but not against her Yeah, will? we'll get to that in a sec. No, yeah, just just let, let's do Gwen first. Right, sorry, so, so Gwen... Throughout the night, without waking Sophia at all, he takes Gwen out of bed where she's snuggling. Wait, Lucas. Lucas went yeah, in. Sorry, yes. Lucas went into the, the room. The actual villain, not the not the partial villain. Mm-hmm. He takes Gwen out of Sophia's bed. And they're like, they've been sleeping in each other's embrace because it's the only comfort they've had for, well, months or weeks. I don't know mm-hmm. how long they've been there. I think it's months. So... Yeah. He takes her out. He takes her into the bathroom and without making a sound, he drains her completely, leaves her in a, a puddle of blood. And then he mounts Sophia and, uh, you know, threatens her all over again, except with um, more physical contact and terror. And does mm-hmm. he bite her? I don't think he bites her yet. No, he he claws her. That's right. He, he claws, claws her entire her back. back like in the show. Just like True fucking Blood. Sookie fucking Stackhouse. Like I'm just. When she gets uh, when she gets hit Ugh. by the um, the maven. No, yeah. what's what's she called? The uh, the main ad. Uh, the main ad. Main ad. Was that the main Yes, ad? it was the main, main ad. I don't know. I, I that that whole scene. I don't. Think it was, was the main ad. Everyone. I mean, the doctor is, but the. Yeah, the claws yeah, down the back. What scratched it, was the, her. it was the main ad. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I <laughs> forgot. 
I really like that doctor character though. Me she too. was like more instrumental in the books. She is and I was really happy she materialized bitch. a little bit in the show. Yeah. yeah, she's a badass. Yeah, they got the perfect actress to play. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so she's covered okay. in blood. Meanwhile, Derek doesn't know this, even though she's bleeding profusely. Derek is right. so concerned with her emotional well-being, okay, that he doesn't notice she's totally scratched up. He takes her to Corinne. Corinne is like, why don't you leave her with me? And he's like, I could never leave her with you. She's like, get the fuck out because she's terrified of you too. And he's like, "Mm." So once the witch becomes involved, then she's fine again. And she comes out Mm -hmm. and she's like, he's like, who did this to you? And she's like, I'll never tell. And, but, but (laughs) I also want a big giant hug. Yeah, Lucas said, "Don't tell, or else I'm going to murder you dead." Like no, Gwyn. and no, and she, he said, "I'll murder the rest of the harem too." Oh yeah, the rest of them. Yeah, and Sophia does have a protective quality about her that I appreciate, but she uses that opportunity to snuggle up to Derek, and he doesn't mind Gross. that at all. Uh, and he's so cold, and then he's and like, like monstrous, and like <laughs> he's like so wah. for your own protection. I think that you should sleep in my bed. And she's like, Gross. Oh, really? Me? You want to slave only with me at night too? Wow. And so they start sleeping in the same bed, not doing anything again, which thank, ev- thank the whoever high atop the thing. There was no sexy time in this fucking book. But then she starts going no, down just... and seeing Corinne once a week for her personal therapy sessions. And Corinne diagnoses her with this thing where she can't turn off her senses like other people can. And so there's always too much input. <laughs> and that's what makes her the specialist of special ladies. Right. And uh... it's, it's a disease. And I Wikipedia this thing. It's called LLI. And it's a thing that's not necessarily like, I don't want to say not real because I'm sure it's real, but it's kind of a. We don't, I don't know, know much how about to say it, it. I guess. Yeah, but it did say that if you're smart enough, you can control it. Like that's actually the real thing on the Wikipedia page, which I assume is the extent of the research done by because Bella. it literally says that in the book. So I think she may have just copied yeah. and pasted the Wikipedia page. Sorry, Ms. Forrest. Right. <sighs> can I just say I'm scrolling through my notes a little bit here on my Kindle, mm-hmm. and I I highlighted the quote from Derek that says. Sophia's going to be fine. Corinne was in her senior year of psychology when we dragged her down here. She'll know how to help Sophia. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. Um, so Corinne, they talked to her about like being here against her will. And Corinne says something about being here, here against her will. Derek is like, what? Like Cora wasn't here against her will, the witch that I knew 400 years ago. And I think he may have had some kind of love connection with Cora, the original witch, because he seems to be really into her when he talks about her. Yeah, I think only his penis could have seduced her into being their personal witch. That's the the impression. Cora, the original one. And so he's like, Corinne, I didn't realize that we had you imprisoned here. And even though the whole balance of the shade is held together by Corinne being there, he's like... Corinne, you can go. Like, you want to leave? You can go. This is the one time where slavery is not palatable to Derek. (laughs) 
the rest of it. The one time. The thousands of humans that are in the catacombs and being beaten on the streets. And also his personal slave, who he likes to think of as his girlfriend. All of that, totally cool. But the one person that is Uh pivotal to the safety Mm -hmm. of his race, he's like, we would never... And she's like, I know. I just, I mean, I wanted to be here anyway. I'm like powerful enough that I could leave anytime I wanted. And he's like, I also knew that. So right. it wasn't an actual offer because like, he knew no, that she, she wanted to be there. Yeah. And Vivian's yeah, like, I don't- you could leave. And she's like, duh, bitch. I'm so powerful because witches. I am a witch. Yeah, because witches. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... That happens, then she starts sleeping in his bed. Can we fast forward? Oh, I want to say Ugh. another thing about slavery. All right. <laughs> I know, we, I know, but we're almost to the end here. Just really quick, because uh-huh. this is what I was talking to you about at 3 a.m. the other night. It's like, Lucas is supposed to be the, the villain here, because he keeps eating and raping women, which... Yeah, that is, that's, I that's get it. That's villainy. That's a villain behavior. <laughs> yeah, But like, who's worse? Lucas, who just runs around munching on some slaves, or Derek, who is apparently in charge of this whole operation where there are hundreds of human slaves, like, chained up in the catacombs. And he can apparently end this whole thing. Immediately. With and one word. Like, yeah. He could just be like, release them all. It, and they have to do Corinne it. and Sophia. Like, yeah, and they would have to do it. He he constantly, like, watches the suffering of his harem, seven of which he does not give a shit about. He could just, and he's like, I can't release them because the rules are that they've seen too much. No, you make the rules. You're the fucking king or whatever. You no, he's just thing. as bad. He's just as bad. I mean, it worse. I don't know. It's the worst. He's worse. It's the worst. The whole thing is the worst. Okay, so... All right, so then the next thing that happens, so they're sleeping together. She's like, you are starting to feel like home to me, yeah, she's which is getting, gross. she's getting deep in that Stockholm Syndrome, and he is loving every minute. But then she's in the day room one day. Oh, no, and then he gets a visitor, and the visitor has Ben. And Sophia sees this, and she's like, <gasps> Ben, because apparently he was also kidnapped. And uh, when she called his phone, it was disconnected because... He was kidnapped and she once again didn't right. call the FBI. So Derek, because he's the king of everything, is just like I want that. Hey, um, I've noticed that my slave likes your slave and I like my slave. So would you mind just giving me your slave? And Claudia's like, No, I like my slave. And he's like, but and really, Derek's though, like, I'm your king I'm or whatever. King? Yeah, give me your slave. And she so does. she's like, Oh, here you go. Yep. So then we learn that Ben has been incredibly abused, like all other slaves. He's been tortured, he's been probably made to uh do a lot of rapey stuff he tried to escape he gets like severely beaten and tortured to the point that his um beautiful body is now marred with scars and he's like i hate all of them and she's like but not Derek." and he's like you're a crazy fucking face and you need to chill your shit out and she's like but also Derek." and they find the sunroom and oh i'm sorry then derek gets really jealous and he attacks her because that is cool to do and then he feels really bad because that is the abuse cycle (laughs) i have the same thing written right here he's jealous of ben but what he does is he accuses her of sleeping with lucas yeah 
which he knows is not true. He knows Lucas is like a predator predatoring on her. Mm-hmm. He, while he doesn't know that Lucas was necessarily the one that went in and killed Gwen. Oh, he is 89% sure it was Lucas. And he's like, but he's I can't do anything. sure it was Lucas. Because it's my brother. Yeah. Because he has these thoughts. It's like, mm, I don't know who this was, but like, it's it probably was Lucas. probably definitely yeah. Lucas. <laughs> And then he's like, are you sleeping with Lucas? Has something been going on between you and Lucas? And she's like, what? No. And then he feels really bad. No, and, and meanwhile, he yeah. does this after throwing her on the bed and jumping on top of her and being really scary town and hurting yeah. her back again and doing all the things. And so then she he leaves because he's horrified with himself and he's probably going to get her flowers because once again, this is the cycle of abuse. Cycle of abuse. What yeah. I have written here, he says, uh, from the moment I left Sophia trembling in my bed, oh. from fear, the moment I left Sophia trembling in my bed, I'd done nothing but chastise myself for my behavior. What a good guy. I couldn't breathe. Yeah. I've actually accused her of being with Lucas, whom I was certain had been tormenting her for the past weeks, all out of my jealousy over this friend of hers. And I wrote, this is the cycle of abuse. (laughs) Okay. So then Sophia goes to the day room where she sees Ben and Ben's like, we got to get the fuck out of Dodge. And Sophia's like, it's not possible. But also Derek's not that bad. And Ben's like, are you fucking kidding me? Derek's not that bad. We need to get out of here. You have Stockholm syndrome. And she's like, but Derek, even though he just attacked her. Just minutes ago. So then enter Lucas. Lucas is ready to take his rapey self to eating town. And (laughs) he throws Ben (laughs) against the wall and knocks him out. And then he starts ravishing Sophia in a really, really scary rapey awful sexual assault kind of way he strips like it's really yuck yeah she she ends up naked from the waist yeah against a wall i think he's like it's pretty bad he's probably scratched her up quite a bit because of his claws and uh, derek enters and throws lucas out and lucas runs away because he's a coward which you know most sexual predators are and uh, Sophia's like thank you so much you're my hero and he's like did he and she's like no my virginity is intact I'm still waiting for you don't worry so then Ben wakes up and Lucas is or um Derek is like you got to get out of here you have to take her you have to go and she's like can I take the rest of the harem who are my friends who I love and I would like to free and he's like bitch please again bags of trash so Uh he walks them out and takes them through the secret passages, which she knows, and this is the only other time that her her goddamn situation comes up, is that he knows that because of her heightened senses, she will remember all of this. Because apparently in Bella Forest land, heightened senses also means incredibly keen memory that never gets fucked up. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, And then they're on the dock and she's like, I don't... Also, wait... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I interrupted you in a bad part, Miracle. but like it just occurred to me, can't he just wipe her memory because witches? Oh man, I never even <gasps> He could free all of them and wipe their memory. He could free because witches. All of them because witches. Mother anyway, so whatever. Oh, I'm so God extra mad it. now, Aaron. You did that to both of us and I'm really mad. <laughs> me too. That's why I'm sorry. And I know you were really in your groove okay. when I interrupted you, Don't but worry. it just it hit me like a so lightning bolt. And they bolt. go out to the dock and he's like, bye. I love you. Bye. And she's like, Don't. I don't want to part like this. You're being so cold. Vampire. You're being so cold. You're being so cruel. How could you do this? And he's like, Because I love you and I can't handle it if we're not together. And she's like, Me too. And then. 
they kiss and Ben is just shuddering from head to toe because he's so grossed out at his best friend and I don't blame him. And then Vivian wakes up because premonitions and she's like, it happened. They kissed. The future is now going to come to pass and all of the things we don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be good and it's going to be sexy and it's going to impact the future of our human, of our vampire race just because of that fateful kiss. And I wanted to murder everyone. The end. Is that about right? She had a premonition of 46 more books <laughs> is what happened. She woke up and she was like, like the, even the idea of a 47 book series <sighs> just blows my mind. Can you imagine writing 47 of these? Mm-mm. I cannot imagine being stuck in this universe for 47 books. I was reading the Goodreads reviews and there are a lot of teenage girls that have read all 47 of these and are just like hungry for more. Because cycle of abuse. <laughs> They're also hungry because they haven't eaten in months because they're just, they just want to be just like. Grab a quesadilla, ladies. Just just give uh, in. Just, just feed yourself. <laughs> grab, a, grab a quesadilla. Okay. So what's your right. lady love recommendation? So because we need some lady love. Oh, it's honestly, it's not really lady love, but it's something that. I wanted to share. Wait, let's do let's do yours first. Okay. I gotta find mine my is um, the general description of mine is watch something where badass women in real life are just being talented and fierce and amazing on television or on the big screen. Find something because man, what did you watch, Melody? I watched Big Little Lies again. <laughs> Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon. Uh, Shania, nope. Uh, Shana Woody. Shania Woody. <laughs> no, Shana Woody. Plus some really, really excellent. Uh, Laura Dern is in it. There's a lot of domestic violence through plot and a lot of things that are shown on the screen. So if that is triggering for you, be careful. Also, don't listen to the rest of this podcast. Right. Uh, go back oh, in yeah, time. Oh, yeah. We should probably, I'll add that to the, who knows. So. It's amazing the things that these women do with just their eyes. The the cinematography is beautiful and they you have to actually watch. You can't just like put this on in the background and think you're going to get the whole story because they do a lot of cutaways to past scenes and it's so quick and it's so sharp and it just shows so many levels of the human experience that is just watch it. Um, I also really have been loving Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. If you're in the mood for that type of lady amazingness <laughs> and you don't mind, like just don't pay attention to the plot and then you'll be fine. Right. And you can suspend disbelief yes. for all human behavior. <laughs> right. You'll still get to see a lot of ladies being fucking badass. So fill yeah. your life with with women being creative and totally talented. And also men. I mean, I mean I'm this, one of the last. There's some really talented dudes in this too. <laughs> I just <laughs> mostly women. Uh-huh. Um, I'm one of the last uh, Grey's Anatomy uh, holdouts, oh. so I understand. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yep, good. No, do you? I'm so I support <laughs> that. In I don't you. listen. The problem. The problem is this. Listen, mm. when you have invested a decade of your life into something, it's hard. It's kind of like Scientology. Grey's Anatomy is the same as Scientology. Like you've given too much money and like by the time it starts getting like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. This is bad for me. 
you've it's like you've invested too, too much deep. time. If you back out now, then you are a fool, you know? So you just have to double down on it. Yeah, I know? backed out at ghost sex. So I was a <laughs> I was early. <laughs> that was early. God, you don't even know. Um, okay. So my thing is this, and I don't know that it's a lady love thing, but I was reading this book on a plane this week because I was on so many planes this week. And early in the flight, the guy sitting next to me had stepped on my headphones and it was a six hour flight. And I was just like, you fucking, you stepped on my fucking headphones. And then he had the, did he offer you his? No, it's fine. It, we, I'm, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but we were in first class. So we got headphones. It was fine. Oh, huh. So, but, you know, these are my headphones and he broke them yeah. by accident. But then I'm reading this shade of vampire bullshit and he's, he has the gall to like look over my shoulder and like give me a look like, mm. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, Dick? You stepped on my headphones, so I'm forced to read this dribble. And, like, don't judge me for reading whatever the fuck I want to read. Because while we didn't like this book, we support you if you do like this book. That's right. Read whatever the fuck you want to read. And it pissed me off. And it made me think of a podcast by The Ringer called Binge Mode, which was... Did you listen to that podcast? No. It was um, two friends that they went back before this last season of Game of Thrones. They went back and watched all the episodes of Game of Thrones, did recaps. And then they did this season and now it's done. The whole idea was they were going to binge watch the whole thing and then watch this season. So the last episode of this podcast that they did. So if you're going to listen to this thing, it's it's at the tail end of the last episode. It's the last 12 minutes of the last episode. Um, The male co-host, which who is uh, Jason Concepcion starts talking about how people get embarrassed about the magic and dragons element of Game of Thrones and people get embarrassed about fantasy things and say like they're just for kids like people still get made fun of for like being into things like that blows my magic mind. and dragons I mean, maybe because and, I, 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 I live I in this bubble where my husband owns a comic shop but I, geek culture is so prevalent it's so pervasive it's so awesomely out there now mm-hmm. I don't get it right but it's still it's still like, you know, if you're reading a vampire book, the guy next to you on a plane might give you a dirty look. Yeah. So he... Fly this, your fantasy guy, flag, everyone. Yeah. He goes through, he writes the most beautiful, like, five-minute oration about why fantasy is important and why escapism is important. And it's it's centered around Harry Potter and Game of Thrones, but I, I assume our Venn diagram of anyone listening to this is probably somewhere in that circle. And it is just beautiful. And I won't try to talk about it because he said it so eloquently, but it's it's really, really good. It's the last 10 minutes of the last episode of Binge Mode by The Ringer. And then after he does his little uh, oration about fantasy, then him and his co-host Mallory um, just talk about their friendship for a good oh. like 10 minutes. And they both cry about how much they love each other. And it's and how much they've enjoyed doing this podcast, and they both just like break down in tears. Oh my and they're gosh. just like, I love you too. You know that so even though you I haven't, oh, oh, I know. I so even if you haven't listened to the podcast, it's kind of heartwarming to hear them just be like, I have just really loved doing this with you. So anyway. Well, and I think that really cross applies to not just fantasy, but also romance. I mean, I, I think so too. That's why I was saying it here. Yeah. This, this is a genre that gets shit on in the, in the, general cultural lexicon all the time and it's not cool because it is it is an escape it is a 
It is a place where you can safely explore different relationships, um, different relational, Mm -hmm. you know, organization. I mean, just the human reaction in general and what you think is appropriate or not Mm -hmm. or realistic or not. And it's I don't know. Uh, It can it can be important, too. We got an email about somebody who had started reading romance novels when she was 11. And she talked about how, like, she went into her her adult sex life knowing more about what she liked and consent well, and, not and only what that, she wanted and that but kind of thing. the fact that women should get pleasure out of sex is something right. she oh, that's knew what, yeah. before mm-hmm. she even hit puberty. And that is so Important. pivotal. I mean, it's pivotal to a healthy sex life going forward. And, and I think too many women are ashamed of their wants. They're ashamed of their fantasies. They're ashamed of even thinking that they should get pleasure out of the experience. I think still to this day, there are way too many women who are like, lay back and think of England. And Mm -hmm. this is a, a genre that more often than not, at least nowadays, puts the emphasis on effort into female sexual gratification. And it's Mm -hmm. huge. Um, Yeah. So I guess my lady love thing is don't be embarrassed by what you read. And if you want to hear a heartwarming oration about not being embarrassed by what you read and why it's important to have fantasy and important to have escapism, listen to the last 10 minutes of that podcast. I love that. Okay, everyone, follow us on Instagram at Heaving Bosoms. Find us on, send us an email um, at heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe. Please rate and review us. We now have enough reviews to actually have an average on there. And to hit the new and noteworthy, we need more reviews. So please go and just take the couple of minutes that it's going to take to um, to tell everyone what you think of the podcast and, and what you think they might like or dislike about it. Next week, we're going to be switching genres completely. Um, we're going to be going historical and we're going... We are going to be laying back and thinking of England, yeah. but in a sexy but way. But in a super <laughs> sexy way. Spoiler alert, we loved the next book. So if you're sick of us being on soapboxes, why don't you tune in next week? <laughs> All right. So keep being a badass and uh, love yourself as much as you love sexy teenage Stockholm Syndrome. Get it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Right. Bye, Mel. Bye, Aaron. you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. 
The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.